Welcome to the SaaS Ad Lab podcast. We're bringing to you the stories of SaaS founders, entrepreneurs, and CEOs. My name is Luis. I'm the owner and founder of Fancy Agency, a digital marketing agency specializing in scaling SaaS startups. And today we have the pleasure of interviewing JB. He is the co-founder and co-CEO over at Madwire and a couple of different products that we'll talk about here. And uh, again, thank you so much for being on here today. It's a pleasure having you. And why don't you give us a little bit more of your background and essentially how you got to where you're at today? Awesome. Yeah. Thanks, Luis. Uh, appreciate you having me on the show today. Um, started Madwire in 2009. You know, my background was, you know, mostly in marketing and design, but it was self-taught. Um, I had played, you know, football through college. And when I had finished, you know, college is kind of a full-time job when you're playing football. And so yeah. when we finished, I had some time on my hands. So I went to a local uh, magazine company, did travel magazines in the area there and just basically just walked in and said, Hey, you know, I have a passion for design. I'm pretty good with sales. You know, I'm, I'm willing to help out wherever I can. I just want to learn. Um, they didn't need anybody at the time, but they said, Hey, do you know how to do a website though? And I said, no, I've never built a website, but if you give me a desk in a couple months, I'll figure it out. Um, and so they did, they gave me a desk. I learned how to build a website. And then I realized kind of walking around at that point in time that not a lot of people knew how to do that. And I could see that digital marketing was the new wave of the future for small business marketing. They were moving out of the yellow pages and phone book and those sorts of things, the newspaper ads and moving all digital. So there was an opportunity there. Um, and basically we just jumped on it with Madwire and, you know, my dad and I, and, uh, and started building the company you know, based on that objective. That's awesome. Did you, did you at all, or your dad, did you guys have a small business at all? That is that like, kind of like, you know, the reason why you decided to like, I guess one of the reasons that you decided to go into this and, and obviously like try to help your dad build his own business or anything like that. Yeah. My dad had a company he had started uh, in the, in the brokerage industry. So trading futures and commodities. And so um, it, there's a lot of parallels, interestingly enough with digital marketing, because there's so many marketing channels that you can invest into and you're really just looking for the best return on investment. And so um, that same theory is with trading. So with trading, you know, you trade all, you know, you pick your portfolio of stocks or commodities or whatever it is that you're investing in and you're looking for a return on investment. And then you're, you're making decisions based on data on what to invest in or not invest in. And marketing is pretty simple at the end of the day. We always say it's just doing more of what's working and less of what's not. The problem is a lot of people don't know what's working, you know, and like, so you need the data to understand that. Um, and then you just invest more in that. And so we used the same model when we started Madwire as we had in the brokerage industry, which was having a book of business, a good relationship with your customers, a diversified portfolio that you were then trying to grow your customers and, and show them a good return on investment. We're doing the same thing that we were doing in the brokerage industry now. It's just with, with digital marketing. And the reason we like small business is because when we were brokers, we, we, we liked having a, a lot of different traders trading with us as opposed to one big trader. And so we wanted the same theory in small business where we wanted to work with a lot of small businesses as opposed to one big enterprise company. There's a lot of risk to that. You know, if they leave you or something, you take a big right. hit. Um, if you're working with a small, a small, a lot of small business customers, you lose one or two. It's not a huge impact. That being said, you don't want to lose any. Um, but it's a better strategy. And then we also wanted to be diversified in the sense of being spread across multiple verticals. Because if you're just working with one vertical, like a medical or, you know, or fitness or something, and something happens in that industry, you could take a pretty good hit. So you want to be diversified in the sense that if something happens with the economy, some, some verticals actually do better, right? Other verticals may do worse. But if you have customers spread across all these verticals, 
um, from a business perspective, you're, you're more stable. And so those are all things that we thought about at that point in time. Plus the fact small business was, was really the one behind, you know, enterprise and bigger organizations had moved digital quicker. Totally. Small businesses were still sort of stuck in the stone ages with regards to marketing um, around that time in 2009, and they were just making the shift. So it just made sense for us to jump on that bandwagon. Where does, how does, and that's all really like good information. Right? And I have a couple of questions to like follow up with that, but essentially like uh, one of the things actually that I wanted to bring up is, you know, like, and you mentioned like, obviously like having the smaller businesses, it's, it's, you know, you have a bigger you know, range of, of clients essentially. So like, what, like you said, if, if one of them leaves you, then you still have like the whole, you know, other one. So it's not as a big, it's not a big chunk of cash that is, you know, cut out immediately, essentially. Um, how, in my experience, and this is from working in agencies in the past as well, like some of the, some of the hardest clients to work with are the small businesses for this, for, I guess for the same reason, like if you, if you're speaking of a small business, $5,000 or $10,000 for them, that's a big chunk of money where if you go on enterprise, like they generate that in a few hours. So it's, it's a lot different, you know, getting a check from a small business owner than it is from a bigger company. And I, 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 I can tell that you understand that. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do you kind of deal with, with, you know, those sort of objections or, or trying to, I guess, you know, go through that without having to like worry so much about it. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's true. The small business customer is definitely a more difficult customer to drive success to because they only have so much budget. They only have so much time. Um, Their resources are spread thin. Um, But that being said, that also gives you the greatest sense of reward when you do do a good job for them. You know, a lot of these small businesses are brand new. You know, as you know, most small businesses fail within the first couple of years. So we like to have that as something that we, you know, take pride in, which is if you work with us, you're going to be successful, you know. And, you know, we don't guarantee success for everybody we work with. That'd be impossible. But we do guarantee that we, we feel that we give it our best effort to drive them success. And ultimately, we, you know, we're proud of that. And we want to, you know, not every business will stay with us. Not every business will be successful. But the ones that do stay with us, we hope that we can grow them. So that's really our strategy. Like, hey, let's take a small business that maybe only has $1,000 a month budget. Let's show them success so that they understand that if they invest 2000 now they'll see more sales and they'll be able to hire more people. And eventually let's get them to 10,000, you know? So we would rather take a small business and show them success and earn their trust and then build their budget as we grow their business and get them to a larger amount than just trying to always be hunting for the big accounts. So we generally, you know, like we say around here, we don't do much whale hunting. You know, we're, we're just looking for, we want just to bring all the small businesses into us and then try to drive them success with that. There's challenges because you need more, um, more things with scalability. You need, you know, more technology. There's more training. You have to cross vertical train people. Um, so it's it obviously is very difficult to do those things. It's yeah. taken us 10 years and we still feel like we haven't quite mastered it, but we do, we do love small business and we feel that if you help a small business grow, then you're helping make a positive impact on the world. And, uh, and so we, we take all comers, we say, and uh, just do our best to drive them success. That's awesome. That's really cool. Now, and, and obviously you're doing a good job, right? Like you have multiple buildings now. Uh, I did see that you have a lot, a lot of employees, which is awesome. Um, to talk a little bit more about that. And actually before that, when is the point, like at what point in time do you realize that, you know, building out a software for essentially your ideal customer becomes a, a, I, I like to think about it as a growth hack, 
um, and I'm sure it was, but when, when does that time essentially come and, and kind of present itself? Yeah, no, technology is so important. And when we started Madwire, we knew we would need it. Um, in the brokerage industry, we helped build online trading platforms and all these things to help manage our accounts better. Um, and it was great when we started Madwire problem was, is we knew we needed that, but we didn't really know what to build, you know? So what we did is we spent about the first five years just being service only. And so we were just a service company, basically just an agency. Um, and we understood during that period exactly what we needed to build from a technology standpoint, both from internal process um, automation, all the way to client tools that they would find value in and a do it yourself format or a do it with me format. Um, and we uh, built our first version of marketing 360 around that time, about five years in after starting the company. When we did that, we were able to scale much, much more quickly. We no longer had to do manual reporting. A lot of the things that uh, we had to do in the background scenes, we could automate now and or our clients could actually do them themselves. We started to build tools like our internal CRM, our email marketing automation and those things that were very much, you know, much more sticky than just running ads and those right. things because these become business management tools. You know, businesses will turn their ad budget up and down, but they won't, they won't cancel their CRM. I mean, that's what they're using to run their whole business. So we tried building more and more of this technology. And so we sort of, sh we shifted from a service only company to a tech enabled services where we had service and technology. And now we're 10 years in and we're making another shift where we're actually shifting, you know, all the way around to now we're a tech first company. We would consider ourselves a tech company now with essentially managed services on top or white glove services on top. And so our new version of Marketing 360, which is actually in beta test right now that's coming out, has a ton of functionality. A do-it-yourself small business could come in if they do their own marketing or they have an internal team that does and completely use the platform. You know, we would just be there to offer advice and support. As soon as they need a do it with me or do it do it for me type services where they want us to step in and do things for them, whether it's ad management or email design creation, we can step in and do those things at that point in time. So we've made a huge shift over the first 10 years, started with service, moved to tech enabled service. Now we're, we're a technology company with managed services on top. And we're excited about that format, what that looks like in the future for us. That's awesome. That sounds really cool. What are some of the benefits that come from or what are some of the benefits that you think will come from shifting to a tech first company? Well, there's a lot of benefits. I mean, one's profitability. Um, you, you have much more scale. Um, you can have a lot of accounts that are low touch. So the account per person ratio is much better. Um, the revenue per employee ratio is much better and our margins um, are much better. And so we're excited about those things. Also, it creates consistency. Um, the more technology we can build, the more that our team can perform consistently. You know, when it was service only, it was very much, you know, this marketing executive over here was killing it. This one over here wasn't doing very well at all. And, you know, so we really had to spend a lot of time with experience and training and try to level them up to perform like this person where with technology, it evens the playing field a little bit because technology can carry a lot of the heavy lifting and allow the marketing executive to be more of a relationship manager and an advisor. Um, as opposed to just a full-blown executor. And so we're excited about that prospect. Um, there's a lot of other things and advantages to be a tech-first company with valuation. And I think our churn metrics improve significantly. And, you know, and so we're excited about what this does for our company as an organization over the next five years. That's really, really cool. 
uh, as far as scaling, like I think you mentioned you, you've been around, is it for 10 years or has it been more longer than that now? 10. Yep. Just, just turned 10. That's awesome. Uh, congratulations on that. And, and when, when scaling the company and growing, like what are some of the things that you notice like were some of the most challenging? Uh, well, as you're growing, you know, stuff needs to be changed. So you have to constantly be evolving. What worked in terms of our process and our structure when we had 10 people didn't work the same at 100. It had to be changed, right? And what's, you know, currently working at 600 needed to be changed because what we were doing when we were at 300 wouldn't be working now. And so it's a constant evolution. You're always adding in new leaders, new, new processes, new technologies, um, and so you have to constantly be adapting and evolving as a company, shedding the old skin, embracing the new skin. Um, and so I guess if you ever get stuck with the status quo, that's when you, I think you start to die. And so for us as a company, it's been about every five years, we've made a huge shift in our whole direction. And we're, we're making one of those shifts now moving towards the tech first um, mentality, which we're excited about. But with that, it comes a lot of new things and new products to sell, to train people on new, new departments, you know, a DIY support team is something that you know is relatively new for us so that structure um you know these are just always things that you have to think about i would say the one thing with growing all that way the key is good leaders if you have the right leaders uh, for the team then you generally are going to be successful and so you have to always keep eyes wide open to those people and recognize them um, and get them in place i think a lot of small businesses you know struggle to grow because the the person that founded the company or whatever has had a difficult time passing that off to somebody um, so that they can move, move forward to new ground. Um, and when you're growing, you have to be able to identify a good leader, hand them that part of the business and keep plowing ahead. And so that's something I think we've been able to navigate through. Totally. So delegation essentially is one of the important parts of like growing the business, right? And, and yeah. I guess when it comes to hiring new talent and, and, and people, um, how do you essentially, and, and you might not have the answer for this, right? Like you have a, a large team, so you might not be doing the hiring yourself anymore. Um, but how do you ensure that you, your culture stays, you know, the way that you want it to when, when you have like over a hundred plus employees in different buildings? Right. Yeah. I did all the hiring until we had about uh, a little over 300 people. And then that uh, I, we put a hiring manager in place to start leading that. Now we're about 600 people. Um, but the culture's actually stayed the same. If not, I would say even, even gotten stronger over that time period. Um, as far as, you know, finding the right people, I think part of it's just attracting the right people. And so we put a lot of content out on social media. We have a lot of videos on our website. Um, so when somebody's analyzing who they want to apply for, I think they have a pretty good idea of who we are and, and, and what we are. And I think that attracts the right kind of a person in the first place. Um, and then our interview process, you know, we've learned a lot over the years, the right questions to ask, the process to go through to hopefully get the right person in the door. Um, that being said, you never, you know, bat 100, you're going to have, you're going to have some people that just aren't the right fit. So we always look at three things, um, attitude, effort, and performance. If the attitude's good um, and the effort's good, we're going to be long suffering on performance and we're going to keep training them and coaching them, maybe move them into a new role. Maybe they're just in a, in a role that's not a good fit. Very cool. Um, if their performance is good, but their attitude or effort are bad, that's a short leash. They need, even if the performance is good, they need to improve those things. If none of this stuff is good, that's a really short list, you know, short leash. So we try to, we try to base it off of that. And then we've had pretty good training programs. I think, you know, here again, if you have the right team leaders, your culture is going to remain strong. If you don't have the right team leaders, then the culture is going to start to fall apart. 
Um, and so I think we've been blessed with some good leaders that's made a big impact. Awesome. Now, when it comes down to Marketing 360 and now like leading with that essentially as a main product, how are you leveraging or how have you leveraged the data from that to make decisions moving forward? Uh, from like a campaign execution standpoint or as an organization? For, as an organization. As an organization, well, I think we just look at product adoption. So, you know, features within Marketing 360 that customers are using more or less, or maybe they're asking for and we don't even have, mm -hmm. that's helped to dictate our technology roadmap. So with our technology, you know, we're always trying to add in everything that the client possibly needs to be successful. And if they're asking for it and we don't have it, we hate that because to us, that's, that's a loss of wallet share. They're going to look somewhere else that has that functionality. We're, we're going to potentially lose the customer or at least that portion of their wallet. And so we want to always be building those features. So right now we're currently building, you know, what a tool we call operations and marketing 360, which would be new with our new version, but it essentially allows businesses to manage their online scheduling and booking and accept payment and do you know, customer memberships and sell services and manage their team. It's very much on the payment side of things, um, which is something that they've been asking for, you know, a fully integrated platform. There's a lot of solutions out there like Square or MindBody and all these other tools that do those things. But the problem is they're not connected to their marketing all the way through. Um, and in many cases, not their CRM either or their email automation. So with Marketing 360, since we already have those things, at bolting this one piece in gives them one platform, one login, one budget, one team to call, um, which is what they're looking for. So we're always keeping our ears open for those things that our clients are looking for, and that dictates our roadmap. Good. Um, as far as essentially like, you know, product bloating like you you can have or feature bloating right like you can have a product that has and obviously like marketing 360 is everything that would fall within the you know marketing spectrum but how do you know if something is worth actually pursuing if if you know let's say one customer asked for it or a small fraction of, of a customer you know asked for it yeah we definitely we definitely look for volume of requests so if it's just something one customer asks for here and there, if it sounds interesting, we'll research it. But unless it's being widely demanded or just an obvious solution that we need to integrate into our platform, you know, it's probably going to take a backseat. When we look at our tech roadmap, we always kind of try to prioritize it based on does it increase revenue um, or does it decrease churn, right? Those are two good, both good things. If it doesn't do either of those, it's probably not a top priority. If it does one or the other, it's it's pretty good. If it does both, it's really good, you know? And so we try to rack and stack based on that. That's awesome. And uh, what are some of the things that have worked best when it comes down to actually marketing, marketing 360? Yeah, good question. Well, we started off just doing nothing but inbound search back in 2009. So very keyword based. So um, we, and we verticalized it. So if somebody searched chiropractor marketing or, or plumber marketing or something like that, we wanted to be there. And it was, so it's mostly Google search in the early days, just like any company that was seeing success back then. But over time, we've really evolved to more of a content marketing strategy. So now we, uh, you know, I personally do, you know, one or two you know, videos a week on marketing tips and we'll share that across social media and promote that. Um, we do a ton of uh, YouTube advertising, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. Um, surprisingly, we're seeing pretty good results doing some old school um, channels, digital billboards on the highway just to create brand awareness. Right. Um, even, even some digital TV stuff, 
you know, we've dabbled with digital radio, not doing a ton of it right now. The biggest thing though I've found, I think recently is just the content marketing piece. It builds so much trust that when the lead or the prospect finally calls you, they're already 80% to the finish line. Whereas when it was just inbound search, a lot of times they're a price shop and they searched you in a couple other places. And so you're really battling on price. You're really trying to sell yourself. Whereas with content marketing, they've probably seen you several times, watch some of the marketing tip videos or whatever it is. So when they reach out, they're almost there. They might just have a couple more questions. It's a much easier close. Totally, 100% agree with that. When, and, and this might be, a, I guess it's a good question, right? When, like you mentioned that when you, when you were doing search initially, you verticalized it. So obviously if it was plumbers, they would see a plumber ad or something like that. Are you doing something similar with content where you have you know content specifically for, for uh, whatever vertical they might be in, or are you kind of just putting it more generalized content out there that would be of you know, value to pretty much anyone that sees it? We do both. Um, so if it's, a, if it's a topic that applies to everyone, like culture, let's say, like five tips on how to improve culture, that applies to everybody. Um, but if we're talking about a specific uh, email marketing drip campaign strategy or social media content strategy, then we're gonna be more vertical specific. and. We, may, we usually try to go into the higher level buckets like contractors and fitness and medical, but sometimes we'll get very, very specific and say just specifically roofers mm-hmm. or a roofer. This is the marketing tips. And so we have a good combination, I think, of both. That's pretty cool. And uh, we'll get to a little bit more personal questions here in just a sec. So what are, like, what's the one thing you're currently trying to accomplish within uh, Madwire? Right now we're trying to improve profitability. You know, we've been growing very quickly over the first 10 years. And when you're doing that, a lot of times you're, you're at a slight cash burn. Um, You're really just reinvesting all your profits back into marketing. So, you know, now we're 10 years old, so we're trying to focus a little bit more on profitability so we can build a war chest for potential acquisitions, you know, at least improving employee benefits, um, those sorts of things, maybe fund our own campus someday. Those are things that we want to be in control of our own destiny. And so to do that though, we need to be profitable. So that's one of our big focuses right now. That's sweet. Some big things coming up. It seems like that's awesome. Um, when it comes to essentially, you know, with, with 10 years in, what are your thoughts on essentially like giving up or failing and, and giving up? Giving up and failing? Is that what you said? Yeah. Um, I never think about giving up. Um, it never crosses my mind. I don't even think about failing. Honestly, I, um, you know, I believe that everything happens for a reason. And if for whatever reason, something just, you know, goes against us and we end up failing, I guess, you know, that it, it is what it is. It was meant to be. Let's learn from it. And what are we doing next? You know, but I, I just try to look forward, not look back much. And so, always looking forward, always excited, always, we always say here, we're just chopping wood, every day we're chopping wood. And if you're doing that, I think the rest sort of takes care of itself. So I don't believe that, that we're gonna fail, but you never know, you know, something bad could happen, but I don't spend or burn energy thinking about it. Cool, awesome. What is one thing you're not very good at? Um, I am not very good at reading and writing without an editor. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'm dys- dyslexic. Um, I actually enjoy writing, but you know, not the best at spelling. Never was when I was a little kid and spelling baseball struck out every time. You know, I never, never could win that game, and so I didn't, I didn't like those too much. But I actually enjoy writing. Um, I, we do have a lot of good editors here, so they'll review my stuff and whatnot. Yeah. But definitely not my strong suit. Cool, awesome. 
And uh, what is your what is one of your biggest accomplishments within Madwire? I would say what I'm most proud of is just, you know, being the glass door number one best place to work in the country um, for companies, a thousand employees or less several years in a row. I think it's five years in a row now. I'm just really proud of that because there's a lot of awards and stuff that, you know, businesses can win as they're growing. But the one I think is most important to me is that our people are happy. That they want to be there. They want to be there and be a part of it. And so to be uh, recognized for that, it always excites me. Awesome. That's awesome. If you had one piece of advice for someone currently growing, uh, scaling a SaaS company, what would it be? Um, one piece of advice? Well, I guess my one leadership piece of advice just in general would be a, a quote from Roosevelt that I always live by, which is do what you feel is right or you'll be criticized anyways. <laughs> I've always found that to be true, right? You'll be criticized either way, so just do what you feel is right. Follow your gut your gut is generally right, whether it's hiring, making a, a decision on, you know, with technology or a new department or a partnership or whatever, just follow your gut at the end of the day. Definitely. And uh, what's one of your, like one of the, you know, software companies that you're currently studying or you're looking, you know, at as one of the, you know, the top players that essentially you look uh, for marketing 360 to be, you know, somewhere around that area. Um, Hmm. I don't know if I would have one necessarily just because there isn't a platform that necessarily has the same focus ours does in terms of small business and doing all the things we're trying to do. There are platforms that do certain pieces of what we do very well. Um, and so that's, that, that's definitely true, whether it's HubSpot with CRM or, you know, Salesforce CRM on the CRM side or on the email side, you have MailChimp and these other products out there. There's lots of website platforms that are really, really good. Um, there's some good, you know, operations type products, whether it's mind body or service Titan and these types of companies, they all do really, really good in their niche. Um, with marketing 360, we're different because we're trying to have all that functionality in a more simplistic form for a small business, um, all in one place, as opposed to just being, you know, really deep with one product. We're trying to be not as deep and a little bit wider with our platform, which I think is what a small business is actually looking for and they need. So it's just a little bit different. That's awesome. And uh, one of the last questions here, where can people find you online, JB? Me personally, uh, most active on LinkedIn. So JB Kellogg on LinkedIn, um, you can find me there. Uh, Marketing 360 on YouTube. So if you go to Marketing 360 on YouTube, you'll see our channel there. We do tons of video content. If you're looking for free marketing tips or anything like that, that'd be the spot. Um, I think we have a lot of good content there that you guys can follow. Cool, so make sure you go subscribe there. And last question here, do you have any questions for me? Um, no, I don't think so. I appreciate you having me on the show. Who's next? Who, who you got it for? Who do you want on the show next? Who, uh, anyone you will throw at me. Okay. <laughs> I'll send you a referral uh, okay. to talk to somebody, but no, I really appreciate the content. Definitely following you. Awesome. JB. Well, thank you so much for being on here today. It was a pleasure having you. I think you gave a lot of really cool, you know, insight on, on how to scale a company, how to manage culture and a lot of different things on here. So uh, again, I appreciate your time. I know you're super busy. So thank you so much for being on here today and we'll see you next time. Thanks, Luis. Have a